form through the book of 1 Timothy. And uh, we, you know, as I've shared with you, sometimes when my studies, <laughs> uh, book studies, they, they can be straggling the Sunday morning and the Sunday night messages. And so, uh, but uh, I've been getting a lot out of this book myself. And uh, so we're going to be looking tonight at um, kind of an interesting topic for uh, being the evening of Mother's Day, but we're talking about ministering to uh, the women and elders within the church. And uh, I, I think sometimes God has a bit of a sense of humor, you know, and uh, seeing as that we land on this for tonight. But um, we're going to actually begin in the book of Acts, Acts chapter number six. So uh, as you would find your way in First Timothy five, uh, we will also be in Acts chapter six. And I see the sound man waving at uh, somebody. He's reminding me to to mic myself, too. OK, whether that was for me or not, Philip, I I I realized I was not on. So here I am. Okay. Um, Acts chapter six, and this will just give us some further context for where Paul is coming in his letter that he writes to Timothy. Uh, I'm rem reminding you that uh, Timothy is uh, the young pastor who has followed in the footsteps of Paul uh, of the, over the church at Ephesus. Paul had helped to begin the church and uh, there, there he had been for a few years and now left that ministry in the hands of Timothy and uh, as, as for areas of encouragement and even further instruction, uh, Paul writes this letter to him uh, to help him to know God's order within the church and uh, uh, the roles and how they are to be um, put into action concerning uh, each member and individual who is ministered to within the church. And Acts chapter 6, we come to verse number 1. The Word of God says, And in those days when the number of the disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. Then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples uh, unto them and said, It is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over the business. We talked about here recently uh, the role of the pastor and the role of the deacon. And uh, But as we come into 1 Timothy chapter 5, uh, it is, uh, again, to give us that context, there was a group of people in general within churches, and we find this in the church at Ephesus, that were being neglected, and particularly being neglected by the ministering staff. And so um, it was the choice that we find in Acts chapter 6 to institute the role of a deacon, and that was to minister to uh, the widow, to minister to the elderly, to minister to uh, these ones who it, it, it had seemed were being neglected. And uh, so it is, as we're reminded of the, of the deacons, the deacons were chosen to, uh, to help minister to, but they were not to be exclusively the only ones who could only minister to, okay? And that brings us to where we are in 1 Timothy chapter 5, and we'll look together at, at these um, verses together, beginning in verse number 1. 1 Timothy 5 and verse number 1. The Word of God says, Rebuke not an elder, but entreat him as a father, and the younger men as brethren, the elder women as mothers, the younger as sisters, and all pure, with all purity. Honor widows that are widows indeed. But if any widow have children or nephews, let them learn first to show piety at home and to requit their parents, for that is good and acceptable before God. Now she that is a widow indeed and desolate 
trusteth in God and continueth in supplication and prayers night and day. But she that liveth in pleasure is dead while she liveth. And these things give in charge that they may be blameless. But if any provide not for his own, and especially for those of his own house, he hath denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. Or, uh, uh, than an infidel. Let not a widow be taken into the number under threescore years old, having been the wife of one man. Well reported of, for good works, if she have brought up children, if she have lodged strangers, if she have washed the saints' feet, if she have believed the afflicted, if she have uh, diligently followed every good work. But the younger widows refuse, uh, for when they have begun to wax wanton against Christ, they will marry, having damnation because they have cast off uh, their first faith. And with all they learned to be idle wandering from house to house, and not only idle, but tattlers also, and busybodies, speaking things which they ought not. I will therefore that the younger women marry, bear children, guide the house, give none occasion to the adversary to speak reproachfully. For some are already turned aside after Satan. If any man or woman that believeth uh, have widows, let them relieve them, and let not the church be charged, that it may relieve them that are widows indeed. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this time we can have together in your house. And we pray tonight as we uh, would uh, study your word for the, uh, the, this um, subject and, and uh, this order which you have within your church. I pray that you would give us understanding, give me wisdom, uh, give me clarity of mind and of thought. May your word uh, become clear to our understanding as to uh, what, how that you intend for your church, the local church, uh, to be uh, led and to be uh, ministered within. And so, Lord, we ask for your blessing tonight, and we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, uh, it is Paul's instructing to Timothy how to minister to these different groups within the church. And so I've, I've broken it down really uh, as best as can and as best as Paul, I believe, does. It's pretty black and white the way he lists it. And um, he, he's great at lists, especially in the, the letters which he writes to Timothy. Uh, but we, I'm going to give you the outline to, to begin with. And hopefully uh, this won't throw you off. But um, uh, he, he begins first in verses 1 through 2 talking concerning the older members. And then in verse 3 through 10, he talks concerning the older members who are widows. And I could have said older women, but I was trying to be considerate there. And uh, so the older members who are widows. And then the younger, uh, wi uh, the younger widows and uh, how to minister to them. It is, a, it is, it is of interest uh, to notice in this passage that there is a specific way and manner that God lays out of how the older uh, uh, should we say the older folks within the church are to be ministered to. And, and, uh, and the exact details concerning uh, who uh, those widows, when we use that word, who that is speaking of. Uh, what, what we're trying to grasp in context here is that Paul is helping Timothy to understand, and likely the church is growing and continuing to grow, uh, that you can't minister to every single widow in, within and uh, outside of the church. But there are specific people that you should be seeking to minister to. Paul is not saying in Scripture that uh, we shouldn't minister to certain people at all. 
but he is saying that there are specific people that we should be making a beeline, so to speak, that we're seeking to minister to. And I say to you again, while the role of the deacon was instituted by the church to help to fulfill uh, this ministering side uh, of these uh, of this group of people, and we say group of people because we're all in different stages of life, and for this stage of, uh, of life, for this group of people, uh, yet the, that role of the deacon uh, is not to begin and end in the ministering to those people. Uh, we should be ministering to, as we call them today, our shut-ins just as regularly and just the same uh, as uh, would be expected of any uh, deacon within the church. What I mean by that is in our prayers, in our in our relationship of, of keep getting to know and or keeping the, the know of what's happening within their life. Um, but God gives some specifics here. And people that we are making a specific effort, people that we are making uh, a, a, an special effort, should I say. And he comes at it with the approach of the church. And I believe even along the ends of uh, instructing Timothy that uh, the finance and the support and the ministering of the church, the body, the church itself, uh, should specifically be geared towards specific individuals. And, uh, you know, the, the idea is to understand that, there, that all of us have needs. Every one of us have needs. And especially those who are widowed have a different level of needs. Uh, but there, it, is, um, it is of great emphasis that is being made within the Word of God that there are certain uh, qualifications, should we say, uh, for lack of a better word. There are certain uh, types of people that we are ministering to and should be seeking to minister to. I use the word qualifications because he, he even lists off, and as you would study even the early church, there actually were qualifications, so to speak, of people that were considered to be widows. In fact, they would actually keep a list of those who they considered to be widows. And that was, in most cases, I'm not seeking to offend anyone today, but at the age 60 and above. Now, we don't think of 60 to be all that old, per se, uh, but he refers to them as older and widowed and and uh, this was in Bible times, that, that which they did. Some, some believe, even from what history tells us, that some of the churches, and maybe even the church here, uh, had gone so far as that uh, not only was there a ministering, um, a type of people who, to whom were to be ministered to, but there were um, types of qualified women who were able to minister to them. And uh, some would go as far to... Um, even describe this uh, ministry as, I'm losing my train of thought here, but um, uh, one that is, um, I lost it, okay, but one that is unique to that of, uh, of uh, uh, the church. And so uh, we come to the older members, verse 1 and verse 2. The Bible says, Rebuke not an elder, but entreat him as a father and the younger men as brethren, the elder women as mothers and the younger as sisters with all purity. Paul's admonishing Timothy to minister to various kinds of people within the church and not to show partiality. To give us even further understanding of this verse, look over in verse 21 of the same chapter. Uh, Paul says, I charge thee before God and the Lord Jesus Christ and the elect angels that thou observe these things, it's these things which we just read a few moments ago, without preferring one before another, doing nothing by partiality. 
naturally, it was probably uh, and, and can happen of any young preacher to have a, an instinct, so to speak, to minister only to the younger and to neglect the older. And so it is Paul who is giving the instruction, don't forget about the older uh, within the church. Don't forget about the elders within the church. And uh, though there is a proper line in uh, rebuking, you must respect and honor. Uh, and he, again, he's talking context to Timothy himself as the pastor. Uh, yet you are still to be their pastor, but don't, don't, don't go any further than honoring. That word honor is the same parallel word that we find uh, being used Concerning, in verse 3, the word honor widows is the same word that we find concerning that of, of parents in, in the Ten Commandments, or uh, as Peter himself spoke of. And it, it has the idea of meaning to treasure, to value. And when the Bible tells us, rebuke not an elder, but entreat him as a father, and the younger men as brethren, the elder women as mothers, and the younger sisters with all purity, he's bringing with that very context of honoring. Treasure them, value them, respect them. Uh, Take what they say in their life, which they've lived, of great uh, honor and respect. And, and, what the, and all in their very testimony for God, let it be uh, upheld high within your mind that it would even um, affect the way in which you treat them and, and how that you minister to them. Uh, so don't do anything with partiality. And I say to us all here tonight, it is of great importance that our ministering within the church, uh, although I'm one of the first to say, let's minister to the lost. Let's, let's reach out to our community. Let's reach people who've never heard about Christ. But we can't neglect uh, the older members within the church. Uh, what I mean by that is, is there are some who maybe are not able uh, by their own physical bodies <laughs> to maybe be physically in the house of God from week to week. And uh, what are we, how are we to minister to them? The Bible tells us that uh, we are to treat them, to respect them, as even in the role of that of a father and mother. We're treasuring, we're valuing them. And, and to those who are, uh, he even inserts there, the younger, uh, the younger Christians, treating them as brothers and sisters in Christ. The truth is we're all brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen? Uh, but uh, there is to be a high... Um, attention that is given to the older members within the church. And uh, I'd emphasize also upon the very fact of members. Uh, it, it, there can be elders or older uh, individuals within a church, um, but th there, is, there is a context that is being spoken of here by Paul of the members, those who are specifically a part of the church. Uh, just because someone attends a church does not make them a member. Uh, they, they have they personally made that choice? Um, what is, I think what we have to catch here in what Timothy, or what Paul is speaking to Timothy about is um, uh, there, there is, um, it is very easy to uh, just, just focus on either one group or in some cases everyone altogether. But God lays out a specific ministry when we speak of the older members, the elders within the church, a specific ministry that is to be given towards those to whom are members. Uh, the question should be asked to us today, are we ministering to our, I'll use it in our words, shut-ins? Do you minister to our shut-ins? Uh, you say, well, I don't know their address. Well, get their address. I'll give you their address. 
uh, I, don't, I, I, don't, I don't always have the time. Well, make some time. Make an effort. Minister to them. Uh, it's unfortunate that uh, some of our shut-ins may, may very well not even know who you are. And that's not because that they are simply choosing not to be a part of this church, but it's because they cannot physically be here. But how encouraging uh, it is uh, to, to have someone, knowing that they are a member of your church, and though you're not able to be there, they're coming there to visit with you. Right? And, um, uh, and could I say also, I'm, I'm speaking much upon the, the women or the widows, but uh, in verse 1 and 2, he speaks in, in a special way towards the elders, the older within the church. And that's not to say that even these ones necessarily are not present within the church. Um, we have just as many, if not more, younger people. I'd say it's about 50-50, younger couples as well as older uh, families within our church. And um, those of you who are younger, uh, you should treat uh, the older within our church, the, the elders within our church, with such a high respect uh, that um, it's, it's more than just a, I use the word shallow, hello. It's more than just a, uh, you know, I walked by them, I saw that they were there. You're making an special effort to show a, a place of honor and respect to the older. Uh, get to know them is what I'm trying to say. Shake their hand. Uh, spend time with them. Let them invest in you. We talked this morning about the older investing in the younger, but the younger have to make themselves available in the same way to the older. Uh, you've got to make the effort. You can't expect someone who's older than you, who maybe is using a cane or somebody who's not as quick as you, uh, to come and seek you out. You've got to go seek them out. And so, uh, you know, what a great ministering opportunity, by the way, it could be for those of us who are younger to come to the older and say, hey, my wife and I, or I, want to take you out for dinner, or we want to have you over to our house. Wow, that's an extra special level of ministering, right? Because the truth is it often happens the other way around. Uh, but the Bible tells us to rebuke not an elder, but entreat him as a father and younger men as brethren, the elder women as mothers, and the younger sisters with all purity. Um, we could say so much about th these first couple verses because uh, as we've already even talked about the role of a mother and that of a father, but think of the respect and the love that you have for your father and your mother. The, the treatment and the attitude, should we say, that is to be had towards those who fall within this category uh, should be that of, um, uh, again, I use the word respect, a great honor. And so um, doing nothing with partiality. Uh, we, we can always find the time to do things with the people whom are our age, uh, but do we seek to minister to those to whom are older than us? Um, you know, God does give a church a pastor to minister uh, to the needs of others, but it doesn't mean that uh, God's church cannot be ministering to the needs of, the, of others just the same. Amen? And uh, just because, you know, brother or sister so-and-so is in the hospital and they had a surgery or whatever it may be, uh, doesn't mean it should be only the role of the pastor just to visit them. It's okay for the younger, uh, or for that matter, uh, any, any church member to visit them just the same. And uh, so... Uh, we, there's so many avenues we could come at this, but understand that Paul speaks specifically concerning the older members. Secondly, we see him talk about the older members who are widows. And he spends the next uh, nearly 10 verses or so talking about uh, those who are widows and, and helping to clarify exactly to whom he means. 
And um, uh, could I say to you, it is, uh, it, it is the right and should be the right of a local church to show compassion to the older women who are widowed within the church. Amen? We should be seeking to make an special effort to minister to. Can I say at the same time, whether older or not older, uh, as Paul speaks in this context, the church should be uh, careful uh, not to, I use the word waste, but it's time, energy, and resources to simply minister to absolutely everyone who, quote unquote, has a need. Uh, Paul's alluding to this as you read, and if, if you would study the passage, you would find he alludes to the very fact that uh, there are uh, those who have specific needs and are, uh, are widows indeed, okay? They indeed take it in its literal meaning. They indeedly are widows by the very meaning of the word. Uh, there is truly a need that is there. And then there are those who don't have as much of a need, okay? Or should we say there are those who believe they have a need, but they're not doing anything within their own life to make a difference for that need? Um, you know, there, there are those that make themselves a part of a church to simply kind of siphon or milk all that they can get out of the church. They're there for the benefits of the church uh, rather than rather there for the spiritual uh, growth that can be given within a church. Uh, you know what I'm talking about here tonight? Uh, those who are taking advantage, should we say, of even the goodwill of a church. And, and so, uh, you know, I was just telling someone not too long ago, it's, it is quite amazing, Brother Thornton probably can relate with this, how many people call a church on a nearly daily basis and they all have a need. <laughs> they all have a need and sometimes it's quite interesting, they're all the same needs. You know, uh, If we paid everyone's electric bill here in town, we'd be paying for half the town. Uh, but uh, I'm telling you, they, just because someone says that they have a need doesn't mean we shouldn't care for them. But when we're thinking in context of the church and who we are ministering to, our finances, our time, our people who can minister to them are to be given especially to a specific group of people. And could I remind you, as Paul says uh, elsewhere in his writings, that we are to give an especial ministering to those who are of the household of faith, those who are members of the church. And so the Bible tells us of the older members who are widows. And we find these qualifications uh, that a widow must meet if she is to be supported by the church. Qualifications that a widow must meet if she is to be supported by the church. And let me just say up front here uh, that we don't, as Community Bible Church, we don't have a list of, we don't take the list of qualifications to say, hmm, are we going to minister to uh, Miss So-and-so? Uh, no, she doesn't. No, God has given, you have to understand too the context of, of, the, of this, uh, of the writing. You've got a church that quite honestly, would have been much larger than Community Bible Church, okay? Uh, there were many people who were needing to be ministered to, but there were specific people who had special needs that needed to be ministered to. And so, uh, you know, we, when we have a church the size of Community Bible Church, we make a list of our shut-ins, but we don't uh, clarify, well, this one is a member and this one's not a member. No, God brings people by our way, people to whom we can minister to. And so we make a list of those. I think we have about a dozen, maybe 14, somewhere within that frame of, of older uh, uh, widowed ladies or older husbands and wives that God has brought in the pathway of our church that we seek to minister to. So uh, as we study this passage, don't let yourself conclude in your mind that all oh, this church only ministers to one specific group and kind of people. Uh, no, that's not, that is not the case, but 
as we read in God's word, there should be people that we are making a special effort to do so. Amen? And so uh, let's look together at verse number four. The Bible tells us that uh, she, that being uh, a widow and a widow, should be supported if she is without uh, relatives, if she is without relatives. Verse 4, but if any widow have children or nephew, let them learn first to show piety at home and to requit their parents, for that is good and acceptable before God. Paul is literally saying in verse 4 that um, if, uh, if someone is widowed but they have children who are nearby that can care for the needs of the widowed, don't, it's not that you can't minister to them, but they shouldn't be on the top of your list of ministering to they have family to whom can minister to them. And if it's not their children, do they have nephews or nieces that are nearby that can minister to them just the same? Uh, God has an order in these things. You say, well, this doesn't, it seems that God is showing partiality. No, the Bible tells us that God loves all people. But he's, we find Paul getting instruction in the church. And we take within the context of the, the people at Ephesus and all that was happening there, of the, their worshiping of, of the goddess Diana and their running back to their old sins and some holding to the law as greater priority than the gospel itself. They were preaching a different doctrine than the sound doctrine, which Paul instructed them to, to preach and to teach. And so in the midst of all these things, he instructs him concerning this matter because uh, there is clearly a neglect and uh, maybe a frustration, quite possibly, that was being had of Timothy as the young pastor of how am I going to minister to all of these people, okay? And so he helps to bring it down into zero in. He says that the widow should be supported if she is without relatives. Um, notice verse 8 in connection with this ver uh, with verse 4. The Word of God says, but if any provide not for his own, and especially for those of his own house, he hath denied the faith and is worth and is worse than an infidel. And that's speaking of, in direct connection of verse 4, if you have people to whom that are related to you that are widowed, you should be ministering to them. And if you are not, then you're worse. That word infidel can speak that of even an unbeliever. Okay? Then, then you, are you even a Christian? <laughs> because the Christian has a responsibility, and should I say more specifically, the Christian family member has a responsibility to minister to the widowed. Uh, within their family. Number two, she should be supported if she is a believer who has a faithful testimony. A believer who has a faithful testimony. In verse 5 and 6, Now she that is a widow indeed and desolate trusteth in God and continueth in supplication and prayers night and day. But she that liveth in pleasure is dead while she liveth. Let's understand verse 5 to begin with. The Bible tells us the widow indeed, what is she doing? She's continuing in supplication and prayers night and day. Um, uh, the opposite to that is, is one to whom is self-indulgent. <laughs> they're seeking pleasure. Uh, it's, 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 it's not, uh, they're, they're, maybe it's a taking advantage of, or on the flip side, there's not really a uh, desire to be ministered to. Um, Notice verse 7. This helps to give even greater clarity. And these things give in charge that they, that is the widows, may be blameless. May be blameless. Uh, there is a special need for God's church to minister to the older widows within a church uh, who have a blameless testimony. That is, their testimony is one that is well spoken of. It's one that is not... 
uh, spoken of as anything more than uh, who's one who's praying continually, one who is faithful to the house of God. Maybe they were a Sunday school teacher for a number of years. They served faithfully in God's house. Uh, maybe uh, they served faithfully along the side of their husband who was a pastor or a missionary or whatever it may be. Uh, but uh, th that blameless testimony, it's not saying that they're perfect. It's not saying that they're sinless. But it, it's saying that it is an a, uh, older, widowed individual who has given their life to God, and by their very testimony, it can be said of them that they are blameless. Um, I, I was reading a quote by a, a former pastor, and he said, uh, in his experience of, of pastoring a couple different churches, he said this, it is my experience that if a widow is not godly, and may I say to you that the blameless widow that is being spoken of here is a godly widow. He says, in my experience that if a, a widow is not godly, she can be a great problem to the church. She will demand attention, complain about what the younger people do, and often uh, hang on the phone, he puts in quotes, and gossip. And uh, so the, the, the opposite we're finding is uh, that of someone who, who truly has a need and um, can be ministered unto. And then there are those that uh, it cannot be said of them that they're living blamelessly, that, they're not living, that they are living blamelessly. There's a responsibility that the church has, but as we've already seen yet further, we have an special uh, responsibility to those to whom are our family, and we have an special responsibility to those who have a faithful testimony. Uh, but we see, thirdly, uh, those to whom are at least 60 years old. Those to whom are at least 60 years old. And uh, verse 9 is where he actually uh, talk about a blunt individual, right? He says, uh, Paul says, let not a widow be taken into the number under three score years old. Um, some, uh, from what history tells us, believe that potentially even the, uh, when, when women were widowed and at the age of 60 because in, in most cases, they were likely not going to bear any further children. They would actually make a commitment not to marry in order and so that those widows could minister to other widows just the same. And um, uh, being at an age and ability to do so. Uh, you know, do we know all these things that we're reading between the lines a little bit? Yes. But just get, trying to help give you some context here. Uh, the Bible tells us that, um, notice in verse number... Um, in verse number 9, let not a widow be taken into the number. Okay, that word, those words taken into the number is a word that is used for the enrollment of soldiers. Okay, uh, so it's the idea of putting on a list, so to speak. Putting on a list uh, of enrollment. And so th that again, we use that word qualified or qualifications because it is these specific types of individuals that there should be an special effort that is being made to minister to them. Um, you know, there are, I, I know that there are some in our church, and uh, I, I would say in a, in a special way, Brother Phil is, uh, Wontok has been an encouragement to me because he's always, he's always uh, keeping up with our shut-ins. He didn't ask me to say this tonight, but uh, uh, he's made it a ministry of his to, to minister uh, to uh, the, those who have needs. And can I say to you, it shouldn't start and stop with just those who are uh, of the same age, but, but we should all as a church be praying and and actually ministering, going out and visiting, and, and is there anything I can do for you? Bringing something to help uh, encourage, and um, you know, to say that I, can, that I can relate with a widowed individual, by all means, no. And especially on the, on, when uh, Paul describes 
uh, it, it as being those who are older. Uh, I, can't, I can't say that I can relate fully with my body aging because I'm just not there yet in life. Uh, but I can minister. I can minister. And so the Bible tells us that uh, she should be um, supported uh, if she is with, uh, without relatives, if she has a faithful testimony, uh, if, she, if she is at least 60 years old, and uh, number four, if she uh, has a good marriage record. She has a good marriage record. Now, I want to clarify here before we talk further upon this point, because Paul is not saying that we don't minister to those who are divorced. Okay, That is not what Paul is saying here. It's not that we cannot minister to them. But again, I emphasize to you there is a special emphasis that should be made to those who are of the household of faith, those who are uh, a, a part of the body of believers. Okay, And so, uh, he says in verse 9, Let not a widow be taken un, uh, into the number under threescore years old, having been the wife of one man. And can I remind you that when we speak of qualifications, this was the same qualification for that of a deacon and a pastor to be the husband of one wife. And so uh, those to whom are ministered to, there is to be an special effort. Hey, this is, a, this is a lady whom God has used to minister to others. She's been faithful to her husband for years upon years. She's been faithful in her marriage. She's been faithful as a mother. And, and all of these things as we, uh, we use that, that word that Paul used that we are placing them in high regard that we are entreating them uh, with great respect, okay, and, and value and, and treasuring them in that way, uh, seeking to minister to them. Uh, I give to you number five, uh, that uh, to be a witness of good works, a witness of good works. Uh, verse 10, the Word of God says, well reported uh, of for good works, if she have brought up children, and if she have lodged strangers, if she have washed the saints' feet, if she have relieved the afflicted, if she have diligently followed every good work. And again, it's not to say that this uh, type of lady is a perfect individual, uh, but Paul's just giving somewhat of a list to help us understand it's someone who has been faithful to God, they've been faithful in their marriage, they've been faithful in all of their life, and are worthy of being ministered unto. And so uh, I think it is interesting that uh, he uses the words brought up children. Uh, I believe that it's very likely referring to um, that role of either adoption or uh, taking, seeking to take younger people in who are not their own <laughs> of any kind. Uh, the reason why I believe that to be is because, as we've already s seen in verse number four, that there is a specific um, type of widow that is to be ministered to uh, and it is not to be those who have relatives and or children to whom are nearby. But he does say that there are those to whom we are to minister to that bring up children. Uh, and again, I, I'm, I, this is my own belief, but uh, as bringing up children would seem to be those who were not being brought up the proper way. And they helped to bring them in the right direction. And, um, but well, well reported. Uh, and when those details are listed... Um, Lodged strangers, uh, they're, they're giving, providing housing, washing the saints' feet. Uh, but this is not degrading, by the way. This is not a very uncommon thing in Bible times for the ladies to have washed the feet of those to whom enter into the household. Um, if she have relieved the afflicted, uh, those who um, ha have had needs of their own and seeking to minister to their needs. And so uh, one who's been diligent, they've been following every good work. Uh, one, in the very definition, uh, they brought up children or they've been hospitable. 
They put the needs of others before themselves, and so therefore they are worthy and deserve the ministry by the saints, by believers, to be given back to them, just the same. And so uh, the Bible tells us of uh, the women and, we, and these, these widows, uh, the elders. We won't have time tonight to look at the end of the chapter where he speaks more specifically concerning the elders. Uh, but uh, notice how he mentions within this the younger women. And could I back up just a second just to emphasize to you, it's interesting that uh, it, within the remainder of 1 Timothy, Paul begins to identify the different roles uh, within the church. I, I have actually have taken a green uh, highlighter in my uh, Bible and squared around the different things. Notice, turn back to chapter 3. I just want to bring to you how that Paul speaks concerning the different stages, roles, and areas of leadership within the church. Chapter 3 in verse... Um, in verse 2, and actually we could look in chapter 2 and verse 4, he speaks concerning all men, okay? But then he breaks it down even more specific. Chapter 3, verse 2, he speaks that concerning a bishop. In chapter 3 and verse 8, he speaks concerning the deacons. In chapter 4 and verse number 12, he speaks to the youth. In this being case, it was Timothy, uh, let no man despise thy youth. In chapter 5 and verse 3, he speaks concerning the widows. In chapter 5 and verse 14, he speaks concerning the younger women. And in chapter 6, he says in verse 1, let as many servants. He speaks concerning the role of being a servant. And so we find in verse 14, uh, the, the uh, instruction concerning the younger widows. The question would logically come up that if we're ministering to those who are older and that are widows, what about the younger to whom are widows? And he says in, in verse number 11, but the younger widows refuse, okay? Talk about a blunt black and white word. I mean, could you be any more straightforward than that, Paul? He, said, he tells them, uh, don't enroll them, okay? Don't minister to them uh, to the same level, okay? I emphasize to you, it's not to say that they shouldn't be ministered to, okay? But uh, don't minister to them to the same level. Um, uh, you know, unfortunately, there are, there are sad experiences and times that uh, ladies and women have to go through in the loss of their husbands at a young age. Uh, but Paul, in the midst of his instruction of saying, don't give that extra special emphasis of ministering to, yet he gives a, a note of challenge and encouragement, just the same. And he says in verse 11, but the younger widows refuse, for when they have begun to wax wanton against Christ, they will marry having damnation because they have cast off their first faith, and withal they learn to be idle, wandering about from house to house, and not only idle, but tattlers, also in busybodies, speaking things which they ought not. See, what in the world is Paul talking about here? Uh, Paul's giving a warning concerning uh, that, that uh, charge which he's given to the church to uh, show love, to show charity, to uh, this specific group of people. But he says, as for the younger widows, um, as they had been married once, let them marry again. Because if you minister too much to them, and this is the, the, that which he's speaking of here, you're going to minister to that area of idleness within them. Uh, they're going to find that they're being so ministered to that they're going to do nothing else with their life. And so at some points, I've known this even to be true, some people do so good for another individual that they've just concluded that, you know, I'm just never going to get married again. I don't need to, you know. And, uh, but Paul encourages, and he, he goes as far to say in verse 14, I will therefore that the younger women marry, bear children, guide the house, 
Give none occasion to the adversary to speak reproachfully. And we'll look at those even closer here together. These are the positive things that he wanted the younger widows to be accepted and approved within the church and to not let that idleness define their life. And notice how he describes, he says, and with all they learn to be idle, wandering from house to house. It's with that very idea of the younger women if carried by the church, if being ministered too much by the church, they would have so much time in their hands, you know, do I even need to work? Do I even need to care for my children? Oh, oh they're going to they're gonna minister for my children? Okay, you can watch my kids. You can babysit them. I, I'm going to go uh, shopping, you know, with the money that the church has given me. And <laughs> I'm not saying that happens in every place, but this is the idea of what that which he's saying, that idleness, okay? There, there's going to be an idleness that is there. And, and uh, there should be a ministering unto, but... There is an encouragement. Let them marry again. And we're not going to talk in great detail upon um, what God says concerning marriage, but God does make it very clear in his word that, uh, the, that it is okay, should we use in our, in our words, it is okay for a woman to marry again should she be in that role of a widow. Okay? Um, if you want to take me back and, and uh, smack me around afterward for your thoughts on that after you can, uh, but that is Bible, okay? Uh, that is nothing more than what the Word of God tells us concerning these things, and uh, that's not to speak or degrade anyone who maybe has gone through um, a, a divorce in their marriage, and, and, it, and they feel as though they may as well be widowed, I'm alone, uh, but uh, that, that is uh, why God gives us as Christians the church, so that we can be ministered unto by a pastor and by other people of like faith whom are around us, and uh, but not to be exclusively ministered to, as though we're like an egg, you know, that's going to break. You know, um, we all have different stages in life that God brings us through, and sometimes they're a result of our mistakes. Sometimes they're they're a result of uh, of um, nothing more than. Uh, uh, the choices that somebody else made in, in a relationship. Uh, but uh, we come back to the topic of tonight as we consider the younger widows. Paul encourages specifically those who are younger and that are widows to, uh, and, and I've given you in your notes, to, first of all, bear children, to be fruitful, and to multiply, okay? And by the way, could I say to you in this, if a Christian, if Christian people do not have children and raise them, to live for God, uh, who's going to, right? Uh, there, there is, uh, we, we see in today's generation of couples having fewer children, and I'm not the type of individual that says you have to have, you know, a whole quiver full, a dozen necessarily, okay? Uh, just give me a few years and we'll have a dozen. I'm just kidding, okay? Uh, but um, uh, I'm, not, I'm not saying that you have to have many children, but Paul is saying that uh, the role of a, of a wife and a mother is uh, to bear children. <laughs> and God even expects that of, uh, of a marriage in a husband and wife um, relationship. And so be fruitful and multiply to guide the house, to guide the house, managing the affairs of the home. Uh, maybe some men would, would, you know, read between the lines. The laundry and the dishes and the food and right? no, uh, the, the, the affairs of the house. There is, there is, it's not to say that those things cannot be done by a man, amen? 
if you haven't done at least some of that, I guess, on Mother's Day, then we should be. But um, I'm preaching to myself here tonight. But uh, uh, the Bible tells us, guiding the home, there are some things uh, that only a mother and a wife can do in a home uh, that can be properly fulfilled uh, that a husband or father cannot do. And so, uh, guide the home. Uh, God has given uh, the wife and the, the uh, mother the role to minister within the home. Uh, though the, the husband is to lead the home, yet uh, the, the wife and the mother is given that role to minister within the home to the family and, and to create the home to be of an environment that is godly and one that would raise their children to, uh, to love the Lord and to serve the Lord and, and uh, one that would say, nope, this isn't time to be in home, this is time to be in church. <laughs> nope, this isn't the time uh, to stay up late and play the video games, this is time to to have devotions, and we're going to study God's Word together, and uh, helping to manage those things. Uh, there are many things, again, uh, as we even talked about some this morning, uh, that God gifts and gives to uh, women and ladies, mothers and wives, uh, that they are able to do in that very act of kindness that men cannot properly fulfill. And so, number three, he says, give none occasion to speak reproachfully. And he alludes to that in verse 15 where he says, uh, For some are already turned aside after Satan. In other words, I have to say that uh, if, if a younger widowed individual um, chooses not to be married, and uh, not to say that they have to be married, but they choose not to be married and they allow themselves to be in that stage of idleness, uh, they, they, should they not have committed themselves before the Lord, they will find themselves under even in further greater temptation um, to go from house to house, in Paul's words, uh, to find themselves, uh, you know, doing things uh, of sin that they should not be doing. And so uh, this is why Paul encourages the younger women who are widowed um, that they should be married. And let me just say this also. That doesn't mean that just because you're widowed, okay, let's see, I've had this guy on my mind all this time, I'm going to get married in a couple weeks, okay? Uh, it's got to be God's will, is my point, okay? You don't just marry anybody. Uh, it's got to be God's will, and even in uh, the second marriage. But um, the Bible tells us, give none occasion to speak reproachfully. And so, verse 16, if any man or woman that believeth uh, have widows, let them relieve them. And let not the church be charged. And notice how he says, let not the church be charged. That it's not the church who has to minister to every single widowed individual. But there are specific individuals who should be given an special effort of ministering unto. And um, when he says at the end of verse 16, that it may relieve them that are widows indeed. The truth is, every church, every ministry has different people going through different times in their life and therefore the levels of ministering to them will be different from church to church and so uh, I emphasize to you again that there there is not and should not be in our minds a specific group that we only minister into because as he's already said in verse number 21 that we're not preferring others we don't prefer specific people but we should be giving an extra special level uh, of effort in ministering to. And let me, let me just bring us back full circle uh, on the, the, what is the challenge for tonight. Well, I would say, first of all, if God has placed you uh, in the role 
of being a, a widowed individual, uh, let yourself be ministered unto. <laughs> let yourself be ministered to. Uh, if there's some way that others can pray for you, that they can minister to you, let them know. Uh, if God has allowed you to live a, a, a life of blessings and, and, and prosperously uh, living as a, a wife and, a, and, a, and as a mother and um, you know, serving the Lord faithfully in his house, don't let those experiences and those, um, uh, those uh, things which God has brought you through remain in your life, but share them with the younger and then we take it back to the younger. Those of you who are younger, uh, may we have a high regard and respect and honor and treasured value of those to whom that are older uh, and amongst and with us within the house of God, the household of faith. Uh, there are people that God has brought by our way that, that deserve an extra special level of ministering. And then there are those to whom we can minister to only up to the point that they desire to be ministered unto. Uh, some people uh, don't want, truly want to be ministered to. They just want the benefits that come out of it. And so uh, that is where we need the Lord's wisdom to do so. And, um, you know, I know I'm, I'm speaking to some of our deacons tonight, but deacons, it should be of a challenge to us that we're making an special effort to visit the widowed. And uh, I'm speaking to the church member tonight. Uh, you may not be a deacon in this church, but uh, maybe it's something where I don't, you don't want to go by yourself. Well, catch one of our deacons and say, hey, would you go with me? I really would like to visit so-and-so, and I'd like to go with someone. Uh, this, the, 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 the message, or should we say the lesson for tonight, is not just simply to, uh, to take and uh, you know, to hear and say, oh, well, that, that was interesting. You know? It is an interesting uh, lesson and message for tonight. Uh, but that we would take it as a challenge to our own heart and mind to ask ourselves, are we ministering? Are we doing our part? And there is truly something to be said and something to be valued in the blameless uh, Christian who has lived for the Lord. And uh, thank you for your patience tonight. I didn't even realize it's the time that it is, but uh, um, praise the Lord. Amen. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for...